Welcome back to the nationally syndicated Price of Business Show. I'm your host, Kevin Price, talking to you about you and your businesses. Any long-term listener of the show knows I've been doing a series. It's almost two years now uh, with uh, the Washington Post. It's a phenomenal series with their reporters on some of the biggest stories that are happening during the day. I'm a huge fan of the Post. I'm actually ideologically or philosophically right of center. Uh, I think it's safe to say the Washington Post is left of center. Um, but what I love about the Post is this depth and breadth of coverage. Frankly, no one, with the uh, possible exception of the New York Times and, and uh, Wall Street Journal, has the same seriousness around journalism that the Post has. And so I, I love having them on. I'm a huge fan. It's one of my favorite. One of my, one of my few subscriptions I pay for. I get a lot of free uh, content because of being a radio host. But I have no problem uh, paying that subscription because it's so value, valuable to me and broadening my view. And so always love talking to them. This one is particularly interesting, both tragic and interesting. Uh, we've got uh, Timothy Bella with us today. He's a writer there at the Post. We're going to talk a little bit about the Titanic submersible uh, CEO who has spoken about worry about the vessel and, and some of the issues around that. And uh, Tim, welcome to the program. You know, we uh, have been doing this long enough that we often have uh, uh, journalists who, who have been on four or five times, you know, on the program. I think this is your first visit with us. It is. My pleasure being here, too. It's been a crazy couple of days here, but um, it's an important topic, and I'm happy to uh, talk about it today, Kevin. Well, and your article's great, uh, and, I, and, and both, both great and tragic. It's hard to report on these type of things, uh, but at the same time, people need to know. And really, people need to know about this particular story from a safety perspective. It, it's pretty crazy the more I read about it. Uh, before we get into that, I always like to let the listener know a little bit about the writer's uh, beat. You know, tell me a little bit about what the stories you typically cover. Yeah, so... I take on a bit of everything, to be honest with you. I've always kind of seen myself as um, a generalist. I do usually mostly take on national news, uh, whether it be, it be in politics, health, education, culture, just a whole mix of things. And on the aside, I also write books, too. I wrote a book on Charles Barkley last year, and I'm working on one on uh, Sylvester Stallone now. So I just do a bit of everything, Kevin. <laughs> yeah, you sound like you're a little ADD, just like me. Yep, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's talk about this story. This is pretty phenomenal, pretty amazing. When I sit here and I think we are well in the 21st century, uh, we've, uh, you know, you can't eliminate all uh concerns as far as safety. You can't make anything danger-free, particularly like this. But on the other hand, you know, when I read, read your story and I look at the history of, of this uh, particular vessel and company, uh, wow, it, it's a little Wild West-ish, if you will, the way, way this thing has been conducted and done. It is, Kevin, and it, it, it has really shined a light on, I, I guess, the lack of oversight that goes on in terms of a private company like this um, and and how it has operated. I know uh, the Post and other tests have reported on uh, some of the questions uh, surrounding this company's safety matters and, and if they had done enough 
for um, its business and for for its passengers. Uh, there have been a couple lawsuits and letters that have been cited in recent years um, accusing Oceangate, a company that has this submersible of not doing enough to make their passengers aware of some of the hazardous materials on board and not doing enough for their safety. Now, these lawsuits have been settled um, without a court. However, it has raised questions and concerns um, surrounding OceanGate and surrounding its CEO, Stockton Rush, who, uh, as we have seen, has given several interviews in recent years in which he's addressed these concerns head on with some people saying that, that he came off at, as not taking it as seriously as he possibly should have been at that point in time. Yes. Uh, I, I did want to ask real quickly, are you, to try not to move if you are moving, because you are breaking up a little on your end as well. Just, oh, sorry I don't about know that. If you are moving. Yeah, I move a lot. <laughs> I like to move a lot too when I'm talking, so I know what that's like, but I think it's on your end. No worries. It's okay. But but uh, let's talk a little bit about that. So, first of all, this isn't that new of a company. This has been around a while, and there's a lot of traction of concern. I'm just, I'm just wondering about the kind of oversight something like this have. I guarantee you that if you go on one of these trips, you're, you're signing a document, uh, you know, that uh, protects the company that's probably 100 pages long. <laughs> You know, but uh, yeah. I just sit there and I look at it. What kind of oversight is uh, for something like this? Yeah, that part is still getting sorted out at the moment. This is a private company. Uh, this is a tourism company. And uh, when it comes to if a company that that did its business both in, in America and in Canada, um, if they, it kind of falls in this gray area of, in terms of who should be looking out for the safety and, and the, the oversight of a company like this. And we've talked to former passengers who've gone on these dives. I just got off the phone with um, a man in Germany who went, in 2021, and he outlined this huge waiver he had to sign in which uh, the words death were, uh, it were cited several times in that waiver. And then you pay uh, uh, I know, six figures for an expedition like this, and you go on board in something that is smaller than a minivan, essentially, and, and it has one porthole, and you can't stand, you can't kneel, um, you, you can't eat any food or, or uh, have any drink. They tell you not to eat 24 hours ahead of time, and it's a cramped experience. You are basically on top of each other, and it's all for this chance to see wreckage of the Titanic that not many people have seen, but when you hear about all this, this stuff, you have to ask, 
is it worth it in the end? Yeah, well, I'm breaking out in highs just hearing you talk about it from the stress of just listening about it. I mean, it's it's incredible what, uh, what they go through. Um, there's plenty of video now. Go to YouTube and watch to your heart's content. That would be my – and it's fascinating to watch. I have no desire to be put in anything like you described that cannot be open, just for the listener's sake, from the inside. That's my understanding. can only be open from the outside. Um, that is like an underwater prison. Yeah, I mean, in speaking with this man I just got off the phone with um, in Germany, he was down there for only a few hours. He had an incredible experience, but he did talk about how cramped it was and, and how tight it was and also how dark it is, too. You are at the bottom of the ocean. There, There is no light. Uh, the ocean is uh, it's a beast and it will suck you up unless everything goes right for you and uh, this man Arthur who uh, went on that dive a couple of years ago he can't even fathom being down there for as long as those five men are and, and he's friends with two of those men Stockton Rush um, and another passenger, and he's just crushed right now. So to be on that submersible for, oh, God, is it over 90 hours at this point, it, it, it's a nightmare come true. It's a nightmare happening in real life right now. Yeah, unbelievable. And by the way, for the listener, uh, and, and, you know, a lot of assuming going on, but if, you, if you're awake, you've heard about the story about the submergible that was supposed to be going on a tour to the Titanic. I uh, mentioned that at the beginning, but very briefly. Um, and at the time, unfortunately, of this recording, it has yet to be found. Um, and uh, there's, you know, now I would say they are in the crucial hours, I think you could ar- argue when you say. Yes, I mean, if you did the math on the 96 hours of available oxygen that was available on this submersible, that gets you to about early Thursday morning at around 6 a.m. We are talking now. It is past noon on Thursday. Um, the the Coast Guard, right as we are talking to, um, that they have found debris of some kind in the search area uh, only a few minutes ago, and that there will be an update later on today. However, we aren't oh, sure if, if if it's from that submersible or not, but uh, if that is the, uh, the latest update we have from this remote operated vehicle that is actually scanning the ocean floor as we speak. So um, I really do hope if these people are found alive, but um, uh, it's a tough spot right now, Kevin. Absolutely. Timothy Bella, he is with the Washington Post. Wonderful interview. Uh, Great job. You know, you're a great writer, but you uh, do a great job in radio interview as well. Thanks so much for being with us. Thank you so much, Kevin. Appreciate it again. 
Make sure you check out the Washington Post. I am a fan, uh, particularly from uh, in the way it tackles news is phenomenal. We're at WashingtonPost.com. I am Kevin Price, and this is the nationally syndicated Price of Business Show.